Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash, like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Know-how. General states pricing. Sales price does not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Hello, everyone. It's Perry here to let you know that this episode of Movie Talk is brought to you by 22 Hours, an American Nightmare. If you're looking for a great true crime series to binge, Podcast One teamed up with WTOP to bring you 22 Hours, an American Nightmare. You could check out this full story of a family and their housekeeper who were held hostage for 22 hours before being killed when the murderer set their mansion on fire. Then stay tuned for an exclusive Q&A with the reporters behind the show about the three-year-long journey for justice. Download 22 Hours, an American Nightmare, now on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Today's specials, new Chase Freedom Flex with 3% on dining, including takeout. Now every meal comes with a side of cash back. Learn more at chasefreedom.com. Cars are issued by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank N.A. Member FDIC. Restrictions and limitations apply. Offer subject to change. It's Monday Movie Talk, so we're recapping the weekend box office where Angel Has Fallen topped the charts, and then we are rolling into our D23 recap. So many movies premiered new footage there, and we're going to break down as much of it as possible, including Star Wars, Soul, and so much more. And I am beyond thrilled to be kicking off my week on Movie Talk with these two guys right here. It's Roka and Koi. 
Hi. So excited. You survived the weekend. I did, and I'm here Monday because I leave for Burning Man, and every burner knows you got to talk about it all week till you go. Oh, I'm leaving. I'm God. so excited. And then we never see him I'm, again. I'm going to come oh. back you more existential than back. ever. I know you will. Oh, my God. Burning <laughs> Man. A lot of nerds go out to Burning Man. I know that. A lot of stuff goes down there. I can't believe, could you handle it, Roka? I could not, no, because I, I, like, I like to shower and be clean daily. It's not my thing to not shower. It's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you hippies. There's no smell of vision and clatter. Like you just own it, though. Just, good for you. Part you of have my a brand. Good time. We'll miss you, but I can't wait to see what Koi Brain is up to when you get back. Forky's going to make a lot more sense I, in six days. I <laughs> can't even imagine. I actually can't even imagine what you're going to think of the Forky show. The this Forky is uh, shorts coming out. Like Jeff Goldblum and Forky are going to be my number oh, one and two shows on Disney oh, Plus. That then Jeff Marvel. Goldblum oh. show looks so. That oh. and the Kristen Bell show, Encore. Oh. Like Jeff yep. Goldblum talking about the Sony Marvel thing was the best footage we've seen of that, and that includes Tom Holland and Kevin Feige. Oh, yeah, Angelique, <laughs> Angelique, in that, that answer, that was great. Solid <laughs> moment. That was His, no. Oh, like what? Oh, oh. <laughs> mouthing along with her. I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be. Fine. It'll I just brilliant. love his everything. That's yeah. the trailer for the show. It's just that moment. Yep. We're going to get into so much more D23, well beyond that in just a few minutes. But of course, it's Monday, so we got to kick off the show with box office. So, looking at the top five for the weekend, actuals are in. Angel has fallen top the charts with $21.4 million. Then we had Good Boys coming in at number two with $11.16 million. Overcomer took the three spot with $8.1 million. Then it was Hobbs and Shaw, specifically with $8.068 million, And it was followed by The Lion King with $8.065 million so it just <laughs> stole that four spot from the lion king looking at this top five what stands out to you guys the most come on angel has fallen stands out i mean the third episode in these one of the, in this trilogy that not a lot of people talk about this mike banning trilogy pretty incredible come out the gate do what it did uh and you know the last two ones opened in second place against animated films so this one kind of had an ability to stand on its own and it show what it can do in the box office power i'm surprised by this so much so and it's the second number one for Lionsgate this yeah. year which i think is fantastic and i you know people kind of make fun of jar butler with geostorm and all this kind of stuff but here he is he has carved out a niche in the film going public like for these kind of movies and people go mm -hmm. to see his movies including me I was super excited we did our review for Collider Jeff Snyder and I did and it is actually better than the second film how many trilogy films can you say that about so pretty incredible that he, he keeps doing better and better with this trilogy we'll I, see where it goes next I think it really benefited from the lack of competition this sure. weekend too and uh, of course the fact that you guys say it's good because that also is reflected in the cinema score it's got an A minus, a minus and right. that is a pretty strong score mm -hmm. so Obviously, we have another weekend between now and when It Chapter 2 comes out and dominates the box office. So it really could reap the benefits of the lack of competition yet again. I'm curious to see if it happens. Koi, what caught your eye today? I got to give some love to buddy cop movies because that is the best genre out there. I love me some buddy cop. And Hobbs and Shaw is a very specific buddy cop. I, uh, you know, I want some justice for Han. But until then, I'm loving the Hobbs and Shaw love. It's doing well internationally. It's got two giant international stars. It makes sense. It's going to have legs. Yeah. But it's doing numbers that a lot of people didn't know if it would because it's, it's like a Fast and the Furious adjacent. Mm -hmm. So I'm really glad it's doing enough that I think we'll get our own like separate franchise. And what I want out of this franchise is because it's effectively a superhero film, Hobbs and Shaw doesn't take from Fast and the Furious 1. It launches from Fast and the Furious 8. So yep. it is effectively a full-blown sci-fi thriller. I'm hoping the bigger Hobbs and Shaw 2, 3, and 4 go, we can bring Fast and the Furious back down to VCR heights. 
I want, I want, yeah. I want Fast and Furious to get a little smaller. I don't want any cars. Just, just no give cars. me them. No just cars. Space. That's just it. give me them. That's all we care well, about. That's the difference, right? You didn't even talk about it. was the motorcycle that stole that, that movie. Rad. It was not about the cars. And I thought that was brilliant for them to kind of make their own approach niche. to this they kind of franchise. Yeah, their own niche. Make their own approach to this franchise and make it work the way they do. And what's great about Koi says it's a buddy cop film where they're both not buddies and not cops. <laughs> so it yeah. totally works. And I think that way you can get Fast and Furious back to the core of what it is yeah. and have abs and straws. You appeal to both audiences. Exactly. You get your you get your yeah. audience that wants these insane hijinks and you get the audience that like wants the cars and family mm-hmm. and all right. that. So I think a spinoff when it makes both sides better is the dream and that's what I think this did. Well, strong box office, especially mm. with the record-breaking opening weekend it had in China, could crack the door open to those possibilities yeah. for this Hobbs and Shaw and well beyond it as that spawns a franchise of its own, maybe. Also, we got a highlight Overcomer, it was one of the new faith-based movies, and that actually overperformed at the box office. $8.1 million is a good deal of money, and the director of that has a history of making a lot of money, particularly this time of year. I think the movie War Room came out late August, mm. and that had something like $11 million, and then also Courageous. This was just behind it, but still, $8.1 million is a solid start, and I obviously can't leave the box office segment without applauding, ready or not. It didn't <laughs> make the top five, but it did make a nice chunk of money it made just over eight million dollars but the thing that i'm focused more on is again that cinema score a b plus is a very good cinema score for something that has you know one foot in the horror genre Mm. it's like a horror thriller but i really am hoping that word of mouth for that one keeps it going a little bit because again we've got another weekend before it chapter two come on make that money and i'm rooting for of course britney runs a marathon and so much smaller fare that's out there peanut butter falcon went a little wider i think last weekend if you haven't seen that yet Please go look for it in a theater near you. All right. Before we roll into the big topic of the day, which is our D23 recap, we've got some Collider content to tell you about. Like later today, you're getting a live Rule of Two. Here's a promo. Hey, guys. Riley here, and let me tell you about Rule of Two. You looking for a Star Wars fix? Well, Rule of Two is that show. It drops it on Collider Video's main YouTube channel, as well as on Podcast One's Jedi Council feed. So go over there, subscribe, share it with your friends. It's hosted by myself and Mark Fernandez. We talk everything in the Star Wars universe with a lot of deep dives and a lot of conversations that go all in. You know what to do. Subscribe, join us there, and rise. <laughs> In addition to Rule of Two, you're going to want to keep an eye out for brand new episodes of a certain show called The Deep Cut. Roka, what's coming on the podcast? Yeah, we got Tyler Nelson and Michael Schwartz, the co-directors and co-writers of The Peanut Butter Falcon. I interviewed them for an hour. Trust me, Tyler came in with no shoes on, torn shirt. We had a great time. Him and Michael, awesome dudes talking about that movie. And also, if I can throw one more plug in, Collider Sports, Ramona Shelburne, awesome NBA writer from ESPN. That video is up now on the Collider Sports YouTube channel. I thought you were going to shout out my expert fantasy football playing. Hey, we don't know yet, Perry. Although it's really good that all your players are still active and alive not. and not injured. They're not. Who got hurt? Lamar Miller. Lamar, you took Lamar Miller? Of course I did. <laughs> Perry we drafted. We drafted weeks ago. Who would know? I uh, feel terrible for him more so than anything. But I did snatch up Duke Johnson, so hopefully Duke should be enough for he you. But proves to like be the proper fill for the gap that Lamar Miller is leaving. Here's behind. a lesson for next year, Danny NFL player. Watch our Collider Fantasy Football Draft because if you get chosen as her starting running back. You're going to get it's, injured for the no, season. No, it's so it's true. The second time it's, it's happened so in a row. Oh, my my only football awful. injury this year was Tom Brady's hat. Oh, that was my biggest hello. injury of the week. That one hurt me a bit. Oh, all right. From Fantasy.
fantasy football to D23 and the epic lineup we saw there from the Disney Plus panel and also from the Walt Disney Studios panel, which had so much footage. I mean, really, I could just list off so many titles that debuted footage, certain titles that I had never even known about that really kind of rocked my world while we were sitting there. So based on everything we got out of D23, what is like the top title you walked away from that event saying, like, I got to see that ASAP? In all of Disney, in the next few years, Soul calls to me so much. I cannot be more... Like, the concept, the animation, the cast, there isn't a single piece of this puzzle. Pete Doctor, everyone involved in this amazing... And it, it, I, I loved Inside Out, but that's about emotions and the experience of being human. This, to me, looks like Outside In. I want to see a movie that's the, the what makes us from the outside, what, what builds us as humans, what humanity is, what your perspective is, what your emotionality is, what your mm-hmm. concepts are. And this looks like a, a metaphysical existential crisis with jazz. And it's got David Diggs in it. Do like, you play music? I don't. I just love that it. That surprises me. I, I love the sound. Like, I love experiencing music so much more than I love the frustration of trying to make mm-hmm. it. Like, I love hip-hop so much, and I, and I love breaking down what language is. But anytime I try to even do karaoke, I just get mad that... I'm not as good as the people I admire. That's why like, I don't do karaoke. It's like sports. Like, I just can't. I'm if the I'm resident not... bar hugger. Yeah. And I just cheer people on. <laughs> I do Marky Mark's Good Vibrations Like a Champion and Eminem's Rap God. That's the extent of my karaoke. But yeah. I, I like that this looks like the, the art mirrors the movie. The, mm-hmm. the art feels so abstract and conceptual and everything looks like it's going to be like game changer. Like all of the scope of the movie looks like nothing we've ever seen before. So I, I soul looked and it, it came out of nowhere for me. Like yeah. Javid Diggs, Tina Fey, like the cast is crazy. Quest love, yeah. Yeah, Pixar, yeah. Pixar really crushed it with their portion of the panel because mm-hmm. both that and Onward look really good because with Onward, when I had first heard about it and saw, I believe, the initial images they released, I'm like, eh, you know, I'm not really feeling it just yet. I don't know about the character designs and what they're really going for here. But to see that footage play out and to see the brotherly back and forth happening with Tom Holland and um, Chris Pratt, mm-hmm. they had a really special spark. And just seeing the magic of that idea actually play out in finished animation, that really got me. But Soul is a special one because my favorite Pixar movie is now firmly Inside Out. Mm-hmm. It goes Inside Out and then Wally. Wally was my favorite for a long, long time until I abused my DVD of Inside <laughs> Out and got really obsessed with it. But I love the way that Pixar is able to make a movie that appeals to the youngest moviegoers out there with like color, vibrant imagery, positive messages and everything, but then also gets at very adult themes and issues through the idea of emotions and hear soul. And just as someone who grew up loving jazz band, I was in jazz band, I played the baritone saxophone, and I loved that thing so, so much. To see that incorporated in this movie, I, I just got a good feeling about it. The idea of chaos being structured is kind of my entire life. It is your life. Like, I, I love the idea, I mean, Burning Man, like, I like the idea of chaos having some sort of rhythm and vice versa. So I'm really excited to see how that's, they translate jazz to kids. That's like your autobiography title, like Koi, Structured Chaos or Structured something. Chaos is exactly my jam, wow. yes. So to see that as a kid's movie, to, to translate that in a way that's linear and esoteric and abstract, like, give me okay. this. It's exciting also because, A, it's the first time, first Pixar film with an African-American leading character. That's fantastic. Jamie Foxx is going to voice that over. Also, you have Pete Doctor coming in to make yeah. sure the shepherd this thing. And jazz. For those of us who are massive fans of jazz, we have a quick, uh, you know, small little pocket. We get made fun of for loving jazz as much. To see it be a part of something in Pixar, go a little more mainstream, that's going to be fun. It is weird that Trent Reznor is going to be part of that's doing all, this. Yeah, the music, Trent, I, I just think it's a jazz thing. I'm like, Trent Reznor is what comes to mind. So that'll be interesting to see what the score is like. But overall, this is exciting. Once again, another step forward. 
pushing the boundaries of what they can do here with Pixar with their films, and I'm excited about this as well. But for me, it was the Black Widow stuff, if I can jump in here. Black <laughs> Widow, Red Guardian, we got ourselves Iron Maiden. This is so exciting to see the possibilities of what they're going to do. Because when they announced the Black Widow movie, I was like, is it, does it, it feels a little too late. I know a lot of you felt that way as well. But what they're doing now, bringing her back into her story, steeping her in these old characters from the story that is Black Widow is going to be fun to see. Some of the footage we got, all those Black Widows attacking that complex, mm-hmm. her in the white uniform, what is that all? about there's so much we saw here and david harbour on that poster as the red guardian got the mask on and the beard that's going to be interesting as well especially on the heels of the uh, unfortunate uh, reception for hellboy it'll be nice to see him back in the superhero world doing something great but look rachel vice the favorite rachel <laughs> vice everything rachel vice in this if she is with taskmaster one of the main villains because the character she's playing is always second best to natasha romanoff how is that going to play out are they going to turn her evil is she going to go that route join taskmaster go against natasha and her sister who is being played by florence Pugh. so all of this now gets me excited in a way that i wasn't before wait for florence Pugh to take over no doubt she's just going to crush it at first i was a little disappointed when they started to play the footage because we saw that footage at right. San Diego Comic-Con, and maybe this is just being me, me being greedy because, you know, we had the luxury of being in the room, and that's a real treat. But mm. I wanted to see a little something extra, so I was so glad that they did tack on more. But I also came to realize that I can watch that fight sequence between the two of them over and over and over again. Yeah. I think a lot of people out there keep uh, comparing it to Bourne. I keep going to something like like Atomic Blonde and John Wick where they start to incorporate, you know, like things in the house around them and just how grounded and vicious it feels. And mm-hmm. the two of them are just A plus, like acting-wise and the stunts in that scene, it all just feels so real and grounded. And after, like, the epic nature of Endgame, I'm kind of really excited. And also, the VFX-heavy Spider-Man Far From Home, I'm excited to make that shift. And I think that kind of shift is something that can make Black Widow stand out from all the other MCU movies. And as we continue to add movies to that franchise, you need something that makes every single one special. I think I'm I'm in the Bourne camp because I think Bourne doesn't get enough credit for, like, he fought a guy with a magazine. Like, they definitely, a lot of the things that John was... Like it developed from Born, yeah. and like Casino Royale, like the bond we have now exists because of Born. Born yeah. changed action, so to have a movie that mirrors that film in the MCU is really important because of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. We need the grounded film, so by the time we fight Thanos, we feel the depth. Like every if everything's cosmic, you don't care about these characters. So I'm really excited for the most close knit fighting. The most, it's literally about family. It's her sister who I think is Taskmaster, mm-hmm. and I think that all of this movies. The way they fight and then the Strong way they land. been saying that since San Diego. Strong the way statements. they fight, I love the idea that the sisters be trained together in the red room together, but Taskmaster's yeah. power of photorealistic mirroring and then tying that all together. What do you think all the Black Widows are then? I think they're all Is trained the in the red room together. That, could that be the Femazons? Absolutely. Okay. And then, then the, who's the leader? Taskmaster, right. Pugh. That's right. what I think, and I don't know. Okay. But I think it's going to be a bait and switch. Because okay, so you that. don't think it'll be Rachel. You think it'll be, think it'll be yeah. oh, You don't think it'll be Iron Maiden. All right, that's interesting. We'll see. I like this. But, and I think you're right about uh, um, uh, uh, Atomic Blonde and other, because that fight scene ends with that joke, yeah. the poser. That's the humor that you wouldn't see From necessarily in a Bourne film, but you'd see in Atomic Blonde true, a week. It's true, it's So it's, it works. And I love the extra footage we got if we were at Hull H and at D23. Mm-hmm. We got the white suit mm-hmm. we hadn't seen. We Which got that poser awesome. joke. And the Red Guardian stuff looks great because I think what we're going to get is we've lost Captain America in the MCU as Chris Evans. We 
now have Falcon in the MCU on Disney Plus, right. and we know that's going to be him basically defending the name. It's the government disagrees with him being Captain America, and like they didn't decide he was Captain America. Chris Evans did. Right. So the comic it's based off of is basically him defending the title and the world we live in today. There's some racism, so it's going to be really interesting to have that mirrored in the show of like we have an African American Captain America, and then you've all of a sudden you've got U.S. Agent played by Wyatt Russell yeah. in another Disney Plus show, and you've got the Red Garden Red Guardian who's effectively the Russian Captain America. So in a post Chris Evans Captain America, yeah. we've got two Captain America parallels all in the Disney Plus and, and MCU at the same time and what that's going to mean for the shape of the MCU going forward because it's a prequel. And he used to be married to Black Widow, to right. Natasha. Hey, how, how are they going to work that if they're even going to come close to that relationship? How are they going to work that into the film as well? Yeah. What is this connection? So if what will be great is if they turn it into a family drama. It happens to be about superheroes and supervillains, but a family drama. And that's exciting. That's what you said, Perry, more grounded, more, more down on earth. And that is a good change of pace from what we've seen recently. Before we move on to Star Wars, Koi, I love your shirt. But also, is <laughs> there right. anything else that we saw from Marvel at D23 that really caught your eye, particularly in the feature film realm? Mm. Uh, they, I kind of, we, we talked briefly. I kind of like that they went light on the film stuff yes. because... That, to me, keeps Hall H important. Yeah. I want Comic-Con to say about comics, and I want the comic films to have a place that has exclusivity. I was afraid when this merger happened that D23 would become Comic-Con for Marvel films, and they very intentionally only had slight updates. Hall H was still the big drag-down, holy crap. Disney Plus, it makes sense to lean heavy into D23 because yeah. that's their Disney mm -hmm. app. And they can there because... So this was my very first D23. I had never been there before. didn't really know what to expect. Admittedly, I was a little let down by the Disney Plus panel, not because I wasn't excited for the content. I thought they announced some great stuff, more so because it felt like we were in a room for two hours and we watched a whole bunch of trailers, which was all like cool and fine. Mm. But I could also do that at home, whereas the feature film panel, that felt like a show. Hmm. Like it didn't matter that we didn't get like a brand new big title announced. They had the audience like practically on their feet half the time. We saw so much exclusive footage. There was so much live audience interaction by ending that thing with frozen 2 it's just something about that complete package felt like a real experience yeah. an experience that i can't get anywhere else even if i'm able to watch that footage elsewhere to see the chemistry between dwayne johnson and emily blunt in person yeah to Jungle see, made all the difference yeah. Yeah. and then, like to see the tom and and chris like yeah. to see their chemistry in person like that's that's something that conventions convening that's the point that's what? why i'm all for what you just said about marvel keeping the focus on san diego comic-con use that as a platform Sure. to announce things to all the comic fans who slept outside overnight to yeah. wait for those big announcements yep. first and then use your own Disney branded event to create your own show out of it and package everything together. Show off your slate. We have two slots to be able to do that and that makes sense. The bigger slot, obviously going to Hall H, but look, the stuff they just signed, Kit Harrington, all of that, yeah. then D23, you have that kind of like secondary place you can go to announce the Eternals and everybody that's cast and have them all come out, which is essentially usually a Hall H moment right. where they bring out all the actors to stand. I remember I was in the room in Hall H when all the Avengers came out for the first time. That was an incredible experience. So seeing it to a lesser degree here with the Eternals, that was great. Led by Joe Lee. Get the Kid Harrington announcement. Richard Madden. Everybody being there. Uh, Kumail and Johnny. All of them. Some high. It's great to yep. see all this cast lined up. So you still got a little bit of a Hall H moment, but not so much that it felt like you were just repeating yourself. And the previous behind them. The costumes. So yeah, right. You had the Which lineup, is great. And you add a little bit more. So yep. it's, yeah. you've, you've had this established. Yep. And then a layer. Black yep. 
Black Panther, just the release date. Right, like, just I like the picture bump and the release date. Yeah. All right, let's jump into our title topic now. We're going to break down the new footage that we got to see from Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. So... I mean, we can go shot for shot here, but I feel like <laughs> it's really possible. Can't and that's sure. the kind of uh, teaser that I do appreciate when it's minimal shots, but those minimal shots still say a lot and yeah. get the wheels in your turning. You're in the wheels in your head turning quite a bit. And the three shots that did that the most for me, we could start in order as they appear. Specifically, Leia making an appearance. And the fact that that shot of Leia looks like she could be in the same location as Rey while she's training. Mm -hmm. So what say you guys about that? Is it more, you know, trailer trickery or could Leia really be the one training Rey in this movie? I think it's certainly possible that she has a part in training her, certainly. Uh, You know, JJ has come out and said they're going to use this footage. They've got a lot left over to play with. And there's now a lot of rumors going around online claiming that she might appear as a Force ghost later on. She did use the Force in in Jedi, so that's possible that she may be part of it. So her training would be part of it. Her She's involved in it. That certainly makes sense because training isn't just... um, the knowing how to use a slave, it's also this, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd also like to see a woman training a woman, an older woman training a younger woman in this path, which we have not seen in on screen in the Star Wars universe. That's a great visual as well. And Optics. she's a general. Right, she's I like a general. the idea of like the exactly. you know using her tactics and her knowledge, and, mm-hmm. and she's no longer a princess. She's she's hardened in war. She knows things, right? And I want to see that knowledge imparted. Mm-hmm. So I I don't think it's trailer trickery, especially since it was such a flash. Yeah. I personally think we're going to yeah. see something of that ilk. I I think you guys are probably right, and story wise, it's something that I want. But I'm also you know thinking practically with what footage they have left, and we've spoken about this before with Force Awakens, where uh, Ray and Leia have that moment where it seems like they knew each other a lot longer Mm. than they did in that movie so if we are using force awakens footage it would kind of make sense that the two of them had a moment before they embraced so maybe that's what this comes from and it just so happens that after the events of the last jedi i think that could serve the skywalker saga extremely well certainly before we leave leia the moment that happened at the con to jj i think is really important for what d23 represents as well he came out and he said that in the the dedication to the book she said, thanks for putting up with yes. me twice. Mm. And J.J. had only worked with her on episode seven. Mm. So I love that Carrie Fisher, even uh, in passing, was able to have that moment of like, what? How? Huh? <laughs> because he's using footage from seven and nine. And there's no way that could have been known. And I, I, I love moments like that where it's just like, how is this reality? And that's why I'm looking forward to Soul. Definitely a good point to have made. All right. Next shot that I want to pinpoint here. Okay, I'm cheating a little. I just have to bring this up because you guys know how I feel about it. I tweeted about it earlier. I know what the hot topic is from this trailer. My favorite shot is seeing the X-Wings come out of hyperspace and then all the Star Destroyer. I just have this, I've got this weird thing about X-Wings. I don't know, whenever they appear, especially when they drop out of hyperspace, something about that visual always gives me chills. I can't quite put a finger on it. Maybe it's that visual paired with uh, John Williams' score, but something about it every single time it gets me. I I actually before I mean obviously the moment is the moment but it's secondary to that that's I gasped aloud I actually had a moment of and I'm not as big a Star Wars guy as I am like a lot of people are I love Star Wars I appreciate them I'm there Thursday midnight all those things but I don't know like Count Dooku's cousin and stuff mm. like that's one of the reasons I don't schmo down that's a big deal like I mean Count Dooku's there's cousin there's a whole comic run Bob Dooku Damn, is someone you need Bob to know Bob Dooku haunts me <laughs> now, uh, so I really I like that I got just as excited for that moment oh, yeah. as I feel like I was more a part of the fandom than I thought I was mm-hmm. and it really felt cool to be involved in this imagery is everything to so many people 
and to feel it even from outside of it. So I felt like Bob Dooku in that moment. <laughs> and also because that's a way that they've come out of hyperspace that we've never seen before. Amongst the clouds, amongst that darkness. amongst that, We've seen it in space. We've never seen it from below. We've never seen it like that. Yeah. And so there's an epicness to that that we've been waiting to see with Star Wars. And that's, it, just, it just betrays a stronger presence that we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And so it's no surprise that anybody who saw that got chills. I did too. All right. I'm tossing this out for the live chat. So we have one more point to hit. Then we're going to go into this whole Dark Ray business. So I want you guys to hit that live chat right now and tell me what you think about that. Again, is it trailer trickery or is Ray really going dark? Before we get there, though, let's talk about C-3PO and those red eyes. What do you make of that one? He's going to be a battle droid. They said that he was going to be taking part more in the battle. Uh, What's-his-face? Anthony betrayed that when he was speaking about it. He said he's going to be more involved than you think. Mm. And we've seen the red eyes in the comics. So he has certainly done it. Remember the red arm? There was all. So there's there's a little more of C-3PO. If you're going to go out, and this is it, you might as well go out not being the simpering guy that runs away all the time. He might as well be in the droid that does some kind of battle. Remember those in the trailer? He is riding along when they're shooting and all that kind of stuff. So he's part of it in some way, in some fashion. We just don't know what yet. From a casting standpoint, I hope I see that. I love when original actors get to play a different version yes. of their character. Mm-hmm. I want to see him evolve into something new. Yeah. And if you're going to end this franchise or this part of this franchise story with mm-hmm. this, yeah, let's have them a different way. And if anyone could have a lot of fun with that kind of opportunity, it's Anthony Daniels. <laughs> yeah, sure. All right, let's go over to the big shot now. It wraps up, of course, with Dark Ray with the double-bladed lightsaber. It's a really epic shot. I mean, it's not just a great reveal for the sake of a teaser. Just that whole image is something you'll never be able to shake. So the big question now is, did they just kind of, you know, spoil a big part of Ray's evolution or are they kind of trying to lead us to believe one thing that might not be true in the final cut of the film? I think much like the lens flares, he likes to blind you with stuff thinking something's <laughs> happening and you can't really see what's going on unsettles you. So, but I said this on Collider Live. This is my theory. I think this is Ray willingly going into the dark side, embracing it more so that she can know how to drag Kylo out of the dark side oh. and redeem him if she's willing to do it. And I say this because Ray has broken every convention throughout the first two films that we had adhered to in the first uh, two separate trilogies. She has constantly surprised, been more advanced, been more knowledgeable. So why wouldn't she be brave enough and strong enough with Leia's training, with everyone's training, to walk into Palpatine trick him like she tricked Snoke to a degree and walk back out and destroy this whole thing once and for all. Shockingly, we're not all that far apart because I got very hung up on the first shot of Ray in the trailer where you see both the blue and the red glow, which is making me think it could be a degree of trickery that then, I mean, what if that dual lightsaber, one end is red and one end turns out to be blue and that's how the force finds balance because I think that's what this whole movie is going to be about. So she can't just represent the light. She has to represent the dark too and the balance between them so i don't know i don't think that's a vision or anything i think it's just part one of the final evolution we're going to see for ray i don't think it's a vision i think it happens early in the film like early second act Mm. and i do think i i hadn't thought that deeply into her betraying and tricking but i do think she's supposed to bring balance this is the last of that like Mm -hmm. it's nine So something has to happen in order for that to take place. So I absolutely think that it's a great nod to where we thought Luke was going to go and where some of the books and the the Mm -hmm. comics go while still giving us a character that doesn't just go crazy and go dark. Because you don't want to end a nine-movie series on a downer. Like, it's not Empire. There has to be more. But you also don't want to have, like, the woman go crazy and have all that stuff, which is why the Scarlet Witch stuff is going to be tricky. And at the same time, you need to bring balance so... 
people love Kylo Ren for a reason. You have to have yeah. something to validate the dark side. So if she somehow has a red and blue saber and we'd like, come on. Yes, well, please. And that's also just like a kyber crystal thing. It's yeah. like it, it basically emits one specific color. And that would be such an interesting step forward for the force, too, that we've never really seen before. Well, and all the people have been saying Rise of Skywalker, Skywalker's supposed to replace the word Jedi. So this would be mm-hmm. a new Jedi, a new form of Jedi, yeah. a, maybe even a gray Jedi, which we've seen before. The gray paladins would have you in Star Wars universe. So if she is the first of note to be the gray Jedi of an Ahsoka Tano, because she's not on screen yet, that she would be a perfect symbol for that. All right, well, red and blue makes line. purple, so I think Mace Windu is the first to balance the force. I'm just saying, from primary school. There the is. answer to anything is Samuel L. Jackson. I'm Truth. sold. All right, Bruce Crawford in the chat is saying, J.J. Abrams is not going to show Dark Ray. If it was really important to the story, I don't think that it's going to be a huge part of the story and only a vision. Okay. Now we've got Jeffrey Walker who says... Clone Ray, the Senate took the strongest clone and trained her to become a Lord of the Sith. What make you of that? I think if they use anything close to a clone, and this, there's gonna be riots. Just, I think, yeah, the, optic, <laughs> the optics of it all for him being clone. Hey, a man created you out of all these things. That you're, you've been the symbol of empowerment, and f- for the last two movies, and now you're gonna be a clone. I just think that's the worst mistake optically okay. that a studio can make. We do have one comment. I can't vouch for this because I need to go back and rewatch the footage and look for it. But Ken McDowell is saying Dark Ray is wearing a ring on her left hand. Our Ray doesn't wear any jewelry i believe dark ray is a clone that is impressive dark ray being a clone that can i can accept ray being a clone i cannot i gotta go back and check Mm. up on that uh let's grab one more question on this topic from alan payne who wants to know do you think anakin will show up no anakin like hayden christensen anakin yes at the end i think in the if not during the training Oh, yes. I think, I think he shows up. I think all the for, uh, Jedi Force Ghosts are going to come back and train her. Mm-hmm. He was, take on he was at the ride recently. Like he's uh, Hayden's. A, I think so. I don't think it's going to be. Uh, and by in the flesh, I mean uh, Force Ghost flesh. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be an in the flesh type thing. No. I think we're just going to feel Anakin's presence based mm. on, you know, just exposition or something said or something she feels or something she learns. I don't think, you know, Hayden Christensen is going to pop up if the Force Ghost Kevin, Kevin said it's going to blow our minds. I'm not entirely sold on that one. All right, before we wrap up today's show, let's get some non-D23 live chat questions. Oh, it's International Dog Day. We actually have two. I'll give both Patrick Hamilton and Neil Varma a shout-out for this one. Um, Patrick is asking, what is the best dog movie of all time? And Neil wants to know, in honor of International Dog Day, what movie dog is your favorite? So, Pick and choose whatever you'd like, either the dog in particular or the movie overall. Ooh, Homeward that's Bound. That's your okay. That's, I grew up obsessed with Homeward Bound and Shadow and Chance. I thought that I grew up wanting to name a dog Shadow or Chance just because I love that movie so much. That's a good answer. Coy? I used to love All Dogs Go to Heaven. Remember that animated movie? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, I watched a, a lot of that. One. Yeah, that was, that was a consistent in the That's house. Like a, it, it's a pretty weird movie yeah. looking back, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's very weird. Yeah. It's about, like, mortality. I haven't really revisited it very recently, but I feel like the last time I did, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I was okay with that as a kid. <laughs> I remember <laughs> loving it. I, I don't think I've revisited it either. That's really hard. That's a great question. Best dog movie. I, I don't mm. Oh, don't, I don't disappoint know. me, I, Roka. I don't have any. Pets, come on. Do I have pets? Do I Doug. have dogs? What about Doug yes, from Up? Yes, Doug from Up would be great. Squirrel. Oh, solid. Squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> uh, I love Doug. Are you my friend? Uh, he is the best. 
Absolutely. Uh, in lieu of Lady and the Tramp, I will say Doug. I'm gonna, there's going to be like 10 as soon as we yeah. that I think of. Like, this is one of those moments where the, the, the live chat has like 40 and we're like, shit. A honestly. dog's purpose, maybe? No? No, I can't watch any of those movies. <laughs> it's like all of those, like, a dog's purpose or like whatever they do to change the title, forget about it. And yeah. I also won't watch Marley and Me. Marley and Me is banned in my life. If I am ever wow. in a room and Marley and Me is playing, it either has to be shut off or I need to leave. Wow. I can't handle it. It's too oh, sad. I know. I know. Best dog movie, The Thing. John Carpenter's The Thing. When that dog comes oh, out and okay. starts playing, doing the thing that it's doing, that's scary as hell. Oddly enough, I'm okay with that yeah, scene. Yeah, I will take that one. <laughs> All right, let's grab one more question here. Dylan Brown has an El Camino question. Oh. Hope you guys read up on this because I didn't. What do you think they What do you think they will try to do with this movie as far as award season? Will it be played in theaters? So El Camino is the Breaking Bad movie. Yeah. Netflix bought some theaters, um, and they, yeah. they have that... Uh, I pick deal, and I, as far as I know, I pick will still be open um, at the time. So it should be in some theaters, and I think that uh, it's going to be the Jesse Pinkman story. There's going to be a lot of redemption. There's going to be a lot of the Oscar tropes in the film. Uh, so why not? I think it'll, if they want to release, they can release in the theaters. I, I just think it's way too TV connected to be yeah. considered for uh, Oscars. I mean, that's like saying the Deadwood movie should be released and considered for Oscars. And although there was incredible performances in that movie, it's just too TV connected for me to ever see. Well, it being what nominated. if the Downton Abbey movie is epic? Should that be considered for Oscars? That's British. That's different. That doesn't apply. BAFTA <laughs> <laughs> only. BAFTA, you know, uh, the, Brits, the Brits do it higher. So right. I'm okay with that. Speaking of Downton Abbey and pets, guys, brace yourselves. Dewey has an epic Halloween. Yes, I'm already planning for Halloween. An epic <laughs> Halloween costume in the works. I will tease it soon. Do not miss that. All right. We gotta say Nightmare goodbye. Nightmare Before Christmas. The dog in there. Oh, there zero. we go. Zero. That's my favorite fair. dog. Okay. okay. I feel better. I think I'm with you on that. That's zero might be my what? overall favorite. Oh, John Wick. John Wick. Oh. Wait, but wait, 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 wait. wait. The I first know. one? What's yeah, I don't know. Because he dies. Very quickly. Do you mean the... the, the the second, the second one has the, husky has the, dog the that dog. runs like and he the runs. third one like her dog. I like fight. the third dog. The, the third one's the dogs third that are one, like because he runs of, like Wick. Yeah. I'm down with that. I can't All watch. The dogs. I can't yeah. watch the first act of John Wick. That's I always fair. just it's skip brutal. to the aftermath. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we found it at the end, guys. Yep. We Zero got there. John Wick Solid list right there. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for watching. As always, a big thank you to Koi and Roka for spending your Monday with me. Adam in the booth, Dorian in the live chat. You guys rock, as do all of you out there. You know what would make you extra special, though? Before you leave this episode of Movie Talk, please like and share it. Subscribe to the channel. All that good stuff. And then tune in tomorrow, 3 p.m. PT Live, for a brand new episode. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831 Today's specials, new Chase Freedom Flex with 3% on dining, including takeout. Now every meal comes with a side of cash back. Learn more at chasefreedom.com. Cars are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank N.A., member FDIC. Restrictions and limitations apply. Offer subject to change.